Good morning. This is Christine DiGiacomo, and today's morning briefing is called, I Have Never Heard a Sermon on Mental Illness. To say I was the spawn of old school parents would be an understatement. Both of my parents were born in the teens, as in 1913 and 1916. Married at the courthouse in Rio Vista, California in 1935 at noon and packing asparagus by 3 p.m. The depression was hard on them, especially my dad, who came to California from Oklahoma during the Dust Bowl in a wagon, shoeless. Since I was the baby of four, I guess I came along in my folks' fullest years, but still, mom and dad were very careful with money, paid cash for everything, including their homes. Mom made most of my clothes, and there was no money for things like vets, car washes, dining out, and certainly not psychologists. But shrinks were just for the weak and confused anyway. My parents were not alone. They simply thought that mental health was absurd and would never, ever have seen a counselor or taken any of us kids to see a therapist. You know, it seems like the church has been slow to acknowledge mental health issues as well. And at this point in my life, I think I've heard it all. If you only had more faith, then you would not be in this low place. If you would have taken care of unconfessed sin, then you could move on. Your issues are probably hormonal. What? Oh, and everyone gets depressed, you'll snap out of it. Which got me thinking. Were there examples of mental illness in the Bible? From my Sunday school days, it seems like I remember one Old Testament guy sitting down, frustrated, bitter, and depressed, hoping a gourd would swallow him up. I look back and, yep, sure enough, it was Jonah. And two months ago today, I stood where another hero of mine exhibited radical faith on Mount Carmel. Elijah did not just prophesy, speak forth what God spoke. He acted on what he believed. Enough with your prophets of Baal or Baal. Put up or shut up. With that, he set up a contest for the real God to show his power and might a contest against false prophets that has been unequaled. The story is recorded in 1 Kings chapter 18, 20 to 46. On that day, let's just say God showed up and, well, God kind of showed off. If you're looking at this briefing, I've pictured um, the scene where I was there in Mount Carmel, Israel, um, where it might have taken place. But then, just like that, Elijah forgot himself. And worse, he forgot what God had just done. It's hard to imagine what happened to the faith-filled man of God, revered Old Testament prophet. How did he fall so far, so quickly, from the powerful man that he was? Elijah was intimidated by a woman The threats Jezebel uttered caused Elijah to forget the miraculous demonstration of God's power by which his faith, his own faith, 
he had summoned. He ran to hide, or in today's vernacular, he isolated himself completely. Elijah did not want to go on living. In our terms, Elijah had suicidal tendencies. From what I know today, Elijah would have been 5150'd. He wanted to die, and then he just went to sleep. Both clear signs that are part and parcel of deep depression. Elijah was undone by mental anguish. Yet how many people of the cloth deprive mental problems? Hmm, doesn't matter. The truth is, it does not matter what people say. It does not matter what your old school parents say. Scripture records accounts of those who were mentally, emotionally undone. Record stories of those incapable of dealing with real life experiences who wanted out, emotionally or mentally incapable of dealing with life. That's because the Bible keeps it real, tells the straight up facts of folks' real conditions and behaviors. Why? Why does scripture include so many flawed people and experiences? I mean, really the Bible could make situations, not to mention people, look so much better. So why not? Because the Bible is filled with real people, loved, inspired, radicalized, empowered by the God of the universe and their authentic experiences with him. Yet they were not perfect, not even Elijah. And still, when I was standing atop Mount Carmel, I thought of the great display of God's power on that mountain as Elijah had called it forth, and it moved me. Because I thought back about my own little life and the times I have been blessed to see the hand of God move on my behalf and others, and remembered God's answers to humble prayers. So picture this, in the left hand is your very real trying circumstance that causes you to wonder, causes you to even fear what the future might hold. But in your right hand, you hold the very real memories of how God came through. Look back, reflect, remember, God is able. What's more, God is faithful. It doesn't matter who preaches a sermon on what. You know that you serve a God who loves you and loves your dear ones even more than you.